the dumb part of my brain was like, no, watch it. Oh, you got shit taped on your face. All right, you're a zombie, go. I was openly swearing at my screen watching it. I'm not going to stand here and die like an idiot. I'm like, ah, oh, exactly. There's one, put your dick in her. Like, what? what is going on? The hell with it, I'm just going to cut my dick off. I did, uh, by the way, get my um, absentee ballot in the mail. So if I want to do an absentee ballot, I can. And I'm just going back and forth like, I've done that before, but I'm like, anymore, I'm so shady on this government that I just, I don't trust them. Like, I feel like, get your ass to the polls in person. Uh, oh, you don't have to tell me. I told my wife the exact same thing a week or two ago, and she got her absentee ballot. I was like, nope, I will be marching my ass right down there, because I don't need mine just to suddenly, oh, I accidentally fell in the paper shredder. Yep. Yep. So, in years past, I have, I think, for the, especially for the, uh, <clears throat> for the midterms, I'm like, eh. But, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, like you said, marching my ass right down to the... Where am I here? I think some church, which is <laughs> quite ironic. Um, oh, me too. It's a, it's the Catholic church cross town. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, I could keep going on. Power uh, of Christ uh, tells let's, stuff, let's yeah, not. why not? Um, we have to remember to start uh, introducing ourselves. I'm Eric. Oh, and I'm Eugene. We haven't done that in like eight episodes, I think. <laughs> oh man, We're probably like who are these guys? Anyway. Uh, so today, I mean, we'll start the show off like we normally do with a bitch sesh. Uh, Perfect. And this, I just, I was thinking of you a lot today when I was dealing with this, because I was like, this, this is just, this is just you and me. Like, just, this kind of shit only happens to you and me. And it's, I'll preface this by saying we're, we are both very well aware that this is first world problems and they're not really that big a deal, but... They're the things, the little things that just send you and me into flying rage. Like, when it's big problems, I feel like we both can deal with those. We don't freak out, put our head down, we deal with them. But it's this kind yes. of little stuff where I turn into the Hulk. But uh, a week or so ago, I got plates for our new vehicle. Or, well, it's not new, but our second vehicle that we bought. And I, I live on a Saint Street... I won't say which one, but, you know, there's Saint Streets. Saint Lucas, Saint Michael, Saint jo Saint whatever. Well, I live on a Saint Street. And so, you know, you're doing the thing with the plates and the registration, and they go, uh, can I have your uh, ID or driver's license? Yep. And they go, okay, is your address still the same? Yep. Okay. And I get my plates, and I go home, and about a week later, the other day, I uh, get this card in the mail that says... Um, here is your card verifying that you have altered your residence for your plates for your car that does not match now with your license that we had on record. So you need to keep this card with you in case, you know, you would get pulled over or something. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? So I, I'm like, you know, maybe she just typed it in wrong, whatever. Stop by the DMV. And I explain what's going on, and she goes, oh, yep, yep, I got it right here in your system as South whatever street, not Saint. 
And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, we should probably get that changed. And she's like, yeah, it's in my system. I'm like, okay, change it. Nope, can't do that because that's attached to your plates. So I either have to sell you new plates or I got to give you a form to fill out that you then have to send to Columbus so that in Columbus at the state capitol, they can change your plates identification in the system. And who, who was the, who was the fucker upper in this? Them, not me. I didn't oh do it. She, oh. she read my, no, she looked at my license and typed in the address. I did not fill out a form. I did not tell her what my address was. She looked at my license, which is, it's correct on my license and wrote South instead of Saint. And now, and now you, I have to, you're fill on up, the hook. Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's now I got to fill out this bullshit. form and send it to Columbus so that they can change it. Otherwise, if I ever get pulled over, then the plates are not going to match with my home address. And I'm just like, you motherfucker. I, I could just, I could just see the steam rolling out of your ears as I was walking out of there. I was like, only us, the movie freaks, does this kind of just bullshit I would have been happen. F- I was furious. Yeah, and I know you're right. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it takes some steps and then it's fixed, but it's a pain in the ass and it wasn't your fault. Right. And it's like, why, why are you not able to change shit on your computer? I don't understand why that's such a big deal, but. Apparently some redneck's going to break into the DMV and change their address to something else and steal a car. So it's like, give me a friggin' break, man. It's such a scam anyway. Tell me why I have to pay 40 bucks a, a year to have a sticker on my car every year. No, oh, I know. That is I know. such a scam. But whatever. Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware of that. That sucks. So it's going to cost me a stamp to fix, but... Uh, I mean, when she said, no, you might need to get new plates, I was like, oh, I ain't paying for that shit. Because that yeah. was, you know, I don't even remember what it was, 50, 70 bucks or whatever in the first place. And it was like, I did not screw up anything. I wonder if, if she would have, if it would have been like the plates were the answer to, like you had to get new plates. Like if you would have probably had to ask for a manager or like a higher up to say it, like, no, 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 I didn't screw this up. You guys did. You make it right. Uh, this is government, Eugene. There is no way in hell they would have ate the cost of those plates. They would never would have happened. They would have looked you square in the eye and said, fuck you. <laughs> they Sons never go back. Sons of bitches, yep. Oh, yeah. So instead and they, they pull out this, they pull out a change of address form. So now I have to change my address in Columbus to, to what it, it, it actually is. Oh. <sighs> We should probably quit talking about the government. They're probably yeah, listening to our no. podcast and black helicopters and crazy shit. And <laughs> we're all doomed. <laughs> uh, how was your day? <laughs> Actually, my day was very good. I um, bought a house. And uh, so getting ready to renovate that here soon. And uh, that's what I do now. Um, it's not without its stresses. And today was one of them. Actually... Uh, we were able to finagle it, but I almost had a situation like what you just said. I went to the bank, uh, we were getting ready to wire funds to, uh, to basically get this thing all taken care of. Cause that, that's what I, I'm not sure if the listeners know, but I now, uh, am in the home renovation business and movies are my side, uh, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, uh, which I, I do enjoy doing this, but there is, I'm constantly at the bank getting shit notarized and all sorts of stuff. But today I went to get, um, some funds wired, and I had forgotten that a couple weeks ago I had uh, cut a check uh, to and added little extra amount of money to take care of the first house that we are helping out with uh, that we're involved with renovating, and uh, they they needed a little bit more money to finish it up, and I didn't replenish 
the account, basically what it came down to, I was a, I was a little bit short and they, they need the money today or a done deal. And I'm like, Oh my Lord, how are we going to fix this? But, uh, it was, it was so close to being a situation like what you had to where I'm like, well, I'm now I'm screwed or now I'm now this is a huge pain in the ass. But this was all on me though. I was the one that made the mistake, but luckily we were able to move some, you know, move some funds around or whatever, and we we got it taken care of, but it added a lot of headache and work to the day. But it's done, and um, hopefully the house will get renovated here before winter, and we'll flip it and cha-ching, I guess? Yeah, that'd be great. I, I have a question. Uh, I've only bought one house in my life. This is the first house uh, that I've ever... I've always been a renter. And the monumental amount of papers that I had to sign... By the time I was done signing them, my hand hurt. Like, it was that many. It was so ridiculous. Do you have to do that every time for your situation? Yeah. No, there was a lot of... A fuck, lot of, fuck that. <laughs> a lot of paperwork and notarizing things and wiring and uh, bank checks. And, oh, it's... But, you know what? It's... It's about 85% less stress than what I was going through a half a year ago. So... Praise Jesus! Right. right. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Uh, oh, and first of the year, I'm starting a new job, too, and I can't fucking wait. This job is killing me on the way out the door. Yeah. But I gotta yeah. keep doing it till the end of the year. Damn it. Yeah, this uh. is a little bit more risky than what I was doing, um, but uh, but the the stress level is, is dropped so much, and on top of that, the... Uh, the payouts are going to be, you know, significantly better. So, not yeah. that I'm sure that our our movie listeners are like, "Woohoo! This is this is high octane yeah. movie, Tell movie me about excitement your, here." Tell me about your day job. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's usually what we keep the first ten minutes. You get get, yeah. get to know the freaks or some shit. Yes, that's okay. Our normal lives before we turn into our superhero selves. Yes, for right. an hour and a half. <laughs> are you ready to go on to the roulette? Let's do it. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of the roulette, it is the collection up against Tales from the Hood 2. <coughs> I die. You must have watched my roulette. <laughs> oh, felt like a bug flew down my throat. Uh, you're up first, sir. Tales from okay. the Hood 2. Tales from the Hood 2. This is from director Rusty Cundife and Darren Scott. And uh, Rusty Cunliffe was the director of the first Tales from the Hood back in... Oh, when did that one come out? I believe that was, a, yeah, 1995, uh, which I was one of hmm, maybe three people that saw that thing in the theater, and I loved Tales from the Hood. So I was excited to hear that they were making a part two, especially with him involved. Uh, and they got... Uh, oh, oh, what's his name? The um, You replaced oh, the, What's His Name the Third... Yeah, uh, the, the, the thing guy. Uh, Larry, he, he, David, Larry, Larry, David. No, wait, Larry, uh, it's, it's one of those two names. Is, yeah. It's a, it's a double name. What is it? Not Tony Todd. No. Um. David, it's something David. A child's, I guess, from the thing. Let's see. <laughs> no. Is, is it him? Oh. <laughs> this is, is pathetic. Maybe, yeah, it is. It's it's the guy from the. Th- I can't uh, see now. Okay, anyway, oh, no, uh, you go on. I'll look it up. I okay, can't it's an anthology movie, uh, and, and it's an anthology movie, much like the first one that is a. Um, uh, how do I? Well, Tales from the Hood. It's about it's 
uh, an ethnic type horror anthology uh, that is the backdrop is basically like our political times that we live in much like the first one was from the 90s this is now a Keith David there you go I knew it was a David David. damn (laughs) um so I will first start off by saying as soon as I hit play on this thing I could tell that the production values were Netflixy or, or no 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 they they were sci-fi original ish esque uh, but I love the first one I gave this one a chance I'm like I'm still gonna give this one a chance and um, the stories all of them have I think it's it's almost more of like it's not straight up horror there's a lot of comedy a lot of the comedy doesn't work but it is a comedy as well. Uh, the last story, which is the longest one, which I think was Rusty Kundive's movie or short film, was the most serious. The wraparound story was really... <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. The Tea Party Republicans are sons of bitches, and they are. Uh, but <laughs> I, I get it. And this movie really hammers home on all levels that. Uh, especially dealing with racism... Uh, in our current times and especially going back to like slavery era America. Uh, so I appreciate that stuff and I love uh, their big fuck you to these pricks. I love that. But uh, boy, this was their, the first story was okay and it was kind of sort of funny, uh, but the vampire one wasn't very good. And I think that there was another one in there that was meh. And then the la- the slavery one was, uh, the acting was meh, but I still, I, I, I hesitate to even say I liked the movie, but I like what they attempted to do. I just wish that there would have been either a bigger budget or I don't know how you would have fixed this movie. I don't want to say it was awful, but I, I wish that this would have, it felt like it needed to be shorter and it felt like it needed to be fixed a little bit. And I, I'm not sure how, maybe it was, it didn't help that the first one was so good and this was just such a huge step down. But I will commend them for tackling some relevant issues. And uh, I, I like him as a director. And luckily, they had enough change with me from the first one that I, I, I can't recommend the movie. But I'm not going to say it, you know, flat out sucked. And I know that you had, you had texted me and said that you watched it too. But uh, I, what, what are your thoughts? I did watch it as well, just because it's another anthology. And I liked the first one, but I haven't seen it in many years. I couldn't tell you anything about it, really. But I do remember liking it, and I do remember liking it a little more than this one, because it did look like this one had a very small budget. Yeah. Um, especially in the wraparound story and the special effects, but in a way that kind of worked for it, I thought, because that wraparound story was so ridiculous and so over-the-top and blatant yeah. that, it, that it became funny, and it, would me- it meant to be funny, I think. Uh, I had to laugh when that ro- dumbass robot was chasing after Yeah, him. that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, the last story with the slavery stuff was probably the strongest, uh, morality tale-wise, but the ending didn't make any sense. At Mm. all. Because they were trying to talk to this guy about, you know, he needs to vote a certain way because they're shutting down polls and yada yada, and then he never gets to go do that. Because of the way the story unfolds, it was like, well, what was the point of that then? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Was, so yeah. I was confused by that, but I understood the point of what they were going for. I just thought that he would have 
come out in the end and been able to go finish the mission that they wanted him to finish, but he didn't. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other stories, yeah, they were okay. Uh, just kind of general anthology stories. I liked the one about... The, when the, I thought that one was really funny when they were resurrecting the ghost guy into the... Yeah. The guy that was on TV, whatever. Yeah. I thought that <laughs> one was pretty funny. Uh, but oh, it wasn't a painful watch to me. It just looked like it yeah. had a really low budget. And like you said, I appreciated the stuff they were going for. So yeah, me too. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to recommend it, but I said that already. So never mind. Okay. Back to you. All right. <laughs> and on my side, the collection, a man who escapes from the vicious grips of the serial killer known as a collector is then forced to help rescue an innocent girl from the killer's booby trapped lair. And this picks up, I mean, this is Halloween 2. It picks up right after the first one, pretty much, right? Yes. Sure seems like it. Or close to it, yeah. Yeah. And if you like the first one, I can't imagine you wouldn't like this one. The first one, the uh, I texted you too. The collection, I'll take the collection movies over um, Saw any day. I think these are just better in every respect. They're creepier. The, it's, it doesn't feel like torture porn, even though there is some tortury aspects in it, whereas some of the Saw ones, especially like from 3 on, it was like, come on. It, it didn't have a creep factor, it just was gross. And not in a fun way, in a, in a mean way. Whereas uh, the collection, it was like, there is a serious degenerate behind this stuff that is enjoying himself, not just trying to test people, or whatever. Uh, it... it this movie just worked. I feel like this one was not as scary as the first one. The first one was definitely more of a horror film, and this one, because of the way it starts off in the club, where he just wantonly slaughters, like, I don't know, but 200 people uh, <laughs> in no short order, and it's it's meant to be crazy gory that you kind of laugh at, in a way. Uh, so this one was not as scary, but it did have plenty of creepy parts while they were trying to pick their way through his booby-trapped house, which is just already a creepy concept, because you're, as a viewer, you're just like, don't touch that, don't touch that, look look up, when you walk into a room, look up, damn it, because nobody looks up, and he's always up there, just kind of like, well, now I'm gonna kill you, or, you know, they, they walk under the giant jaws of death, or something, it's like, maybe not stand right underneath it, can we, mm -hmm. or off to the side of it, or, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I feel like yeah, I'd have a better chance at surviving these people, but no, I probably wouldn't. Um, they you like the runtime? Short runtime? Hour fifteen minutes? Uh, hour twenty two. It says on IMDb, but yeah, yeah. it was that was fine. I uh, saw you got a little bit of dumb people doing dumb things, like even beyond not looking around the room enough. They they trust that one girl twice, and when she screwed them twice, it's like why? Mm -hmm. Nah, no, 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 no. You're, we're done with you. Uh, but it was gory and mean, and that, that character of the Collector is just the shit. He is yes, awesome. Yes, I agree. Uh, much more so than uh, Tobin Bell from yes. the Saw series. I agree. I I used to adore the Saw movies, and I don't remember the last time I watched one of those. The last one, not even, I haven't even seen Jigsaw, and that's on Amazon Prime, but I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm, no, I'm not interested. I just, the last 3D or whatever, it was just, just awful. Awful. And I, nah, it was just cash grab after, eh, probably after the first one, it became a cash grab. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but 
Anyway, I they're going to make more of these. Uh, I'm sure of it. They'll find and I that little stinger at the end. I kind of predicted what was going on there. The way that, because of the way they shot it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're meant to think that the camera's following this guy, but I'll bet you anything it's following that guy. And it was. So, we'll see. We'll see if they get a, find a way to make another one. And I'm sure if, I, I don't know if these movies made a, any money, but, oh, there's just so many badass parts of this movie where he, I like that, uh, much like the clown in um, Art the Clown, at mm, a certain, like, yeah. yeah, he, he wants to kind of torture them, but at a certain point, he's just like, okay, shit's getting out of hand, fuck it, grabs an AK, kicks down the door with his German Shepherd dogs, and just starts killing, just starts shooting the shit out of people. <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, that's different. I haven't yeah. <laughs> quite seen that before. I always wish that in, in some of those older slasher movies, like, especially like a Friday the 13th, I actually wish that Jason would have, you know, he would have found, like, someone would have had a gun, a shotgun, whatever, and he would have actually used it instead of, you know, smashing someone over the head with the gun, actually use it and blow someone away with the gun instead of, instead of using it as a, a blunt object. Well, but, I mean, by the later ones, he's a zombie guy, right? So he's just, yeah. Gug, smash. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's move on to the next round. Okay. First up for you is The Night Comes for Us. It's a two-hour movie. It's an action thriller. So unfortunately, this is not a horror movie in our horror-thon month, but but uh, this looks fantastic. This is a Netflix original, I think. Uh, Ito, a gang land enforcer, caught amidst a treacherous and violent insurrection within his triad crime family upon his return home from a stint abroad. That's the so that's the synopsis on IMDb, which kind of sucks because it looks way better than that. But uh, this is directed by. Timo Tijanto? Sure. Uh, that. Uh, he directed, uh, VH. He was actually, he's uh, along with, uh, Gareth Evans. He, or is it Gareth Edwards? The Gareth guy from VHS that I just watched, the Apostle guy. Yeah. Uh, he did the segment Safe Haven, helped out with the Safe Haven. Um, and, uh, it looks just completely, totally badass. So I'm, I'm guessing that's gonna be your safe pick, but, it is not a horror movie. Next up for you is uh, Caliber. This is one that I watched and our buddy Steve watched as well, and we both gave it a nice, big, hearty thumbs up. Uh, this is a thriller as well, just so you know. But this, um, it doesn't. Anyway, wait, yeah. does it count as horror? Uh probably not. Uh, <laughs> But it's a great movie. Two lifelong friends head up to an isolated Scottish Highlands village for a weekend hunting trip. Nothing could prepare them for what follows. That is a really, really good movie, and I really want you to see that at some point or another. Uh, Last but not least is Oculus from 2013. This is from director Mike Flanagan, who is on a tear lately, and I will get into a bit more of... uh, the Haunting of Hill House later. But uh, Oculus is from 2013. A woman tries to uh, exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. And this is... Um, uh, I watched this uh, years ago. Uh, like, back right when it came out. And I really don't remember much of it. So, therefore... Back on the roulette, it goes for you. Well, it was never on the roulette. <laughs> on the roulette for you for the first time. <laughs> okay, and coming your way. Death Screams, a.k.a. House of Death on YouTube. Carnival Slasher from 1982. 
Witchcraft on Amazon from 1988. A new mother and her child move into her mother-in-law's dark old mansion. She soon begins to suspect that neither the house nor her mother-in-law are quite what they seem to be. And I'm throwing this one up there because I will never forget going into the back of your video store and seeing those covers. <laughs> and so, let's see if that's something. And lastly, also on Amazon, Flesh-Eating Mothers from 1988. A venereal disease turns an entire town of two-timey mothers into cannibals. I... That... Who doesn't want to see that, right? I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to, but it's not on Netflix, because there is fuck all for horror on Netflix that you haven't watched already. So there you go. Uh, so I did check on the quality on some of these, and Death Screams, which is... I really want to watch that. I mean, that's an 80s slasher movie, but the quality on YouTube... I still might watch it at some point, but the quality on that thing is pretty bad. It's It screams for a Vinegar Syndrome... Arrow, whatever remaster. So come on, guys. Uh, but I will take Flesh Eating Mothers because I did check the quality on that one, and that is in HD. It looks good. Well, the the, the first couple minutes of the movie look absolutely awful, but the quality of the picture image is really good. So Flesh Eating Mothers, it is witchcraft. Uh, sometime I think aren't they on the like part fifteen? Like in all honesty, I think they're on the part 15, 14 or fifteen. I have no idea. I thought there was four. That I know oh, of. no, no, no. Witchcraft, there's, I mean, they're all on Amazon right now, and they're... Huh, should I binge those? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> and for you? Uh, I'm going to take Oculus. Uh, I do want to see the other two, but I am on a horror tear, so... I'm not going to drop two hours on the night comes for us until November, but as soon as November hits, that is high on my list to watch. So there you go. Next episode will be Oculus up against Flesh-Eating Mothers. And are you ready to move on to part four of our October Horathon? Yes, I am. And I'm up first. Okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> yes, you are. Give me two, please. Okay. First up is, uh, you know, a lot of the movies that I'm going to talk about, uh, I've already reviewed on the show, but... Sometimes it's that comfort food that you need, especially if you watch a shitty movie, then you're like, I need something good. And uh, I got something good right off the bat. Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning, which continues to climb my list of favorite Friday the 13th movies. I adore this movie and all of the sleazy weirdness that comes with it. This is Danny Steinman, and if you know Danny Steinman from Savage Streets and his porn-directing background, it's... Perfect material for part five. It is just, as I said on previous shows, there's, there's several poop scenes, which is weird, but still kind of fits within this weird, skanky universe that part five lives in. Uh, there's the, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh. I love that. I love the outhouse scene where, uh, Demon's girlfriend is singing, ooh, baby, and, um, Oh, and shut up, bitch, and oh, my was fucking enchiladas, and oh, I just, I, all of the bathroom humor, like literally bathroom humor in the movie is it's just wonderful. Uh, this would be on par with, like, the movie, this time watching it, the movie that I thought of that it compares to the best, I think, is Pieces. In this, the complete batshit, what am I watching type of feel. Like, this is not like the first four Friday the 13th, and it's not the self-referential part six and then the late 80s other ones. This is this weird thing that just got shit out in the mid 
80s and it works on that what is going on much like pieces and I if it wouldn't have been for the MPAA butchering the movie uh, this would be one of my all time favorite slasher movies I love that spoiler it's Roy Jason not Jason Jason it's Roy oh yeah uh, but oh, the dialogue is so wonderfully awful, shitty, great. Just the dudes going to a party in black leather, and it's like, are you going to a what? Is this a like gay bar you're heading to? Which is fine, but then the the one guy goes out to the woods to shit, and I'm like, okay, oh, what are you yes. gonna wipe? What are you gonna wipe with? Like you're in leather, and you're going out to drop a deuce in the woods, and you're gonna, I guess, wipe with leaves, and it's so. Weird and great, and I love it. I love it. So, anyway, Friday the 13th, Part 5. Uh, next up is Trilogy of Terror. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen this movie. I know I've talked... This is another one that I've talked about on our show. This is a TV movie from 1975 from... Uh, Richard Matheson was the writer. You know who Richard Matheson is? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, directed by Dan Curtis, which he was a big uh, TV movie director... And it stars Karen Black in all all three short story segments. This is the one with the last one. The reason to watch this is the Zuni doll uh, closer short story where uh, Karen Black is trapped in her apartment with this little Zuni fetish doll. Or not, maybe not fetish doll, but a Zuni doll, whatever, and it, it wants to kill her. And it's really, really good and really, really creepy. The other two stories are not quite as effective, but they're still good in that mid-70s sort of way. And Karen Black's just, she's just cool. I like Karen Black. So, that good movie. Uh, and a easy, breezy hour and barely 15 minutes. So, I started off, since our last podcast, I started off with two gems. And uh, we'll see what's coming soon after that. Back to you. All right. Uh, first up for me this week is Slumber Party Massacre Part 3. And after the part two where they just made it all flashbacks and dream sequences they decided to go back to the formula and it's basically the same as part one uh with more comedy i think is that fair to say i thought that part three had a darker tone to it uh at least like the the when you the not twist but when the killer was revealed it was kind of a more of a depressing type of like oh okay oh I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't even. I, I've seen so many movies since then. I don't even remember who the killer was at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I liked it better than part two. But I was still just like, all right, I've kind of seen this before now. At this point, and next up from two thousand seven, uh, murder party. Hmm. A random invitation to a Halloween party uh, leads a man into the hands of a rogue collection of collective intent on murdering him for the sake of their art sparking a bloodbath of mishap, mayhem, and hilarity. And I agree with that completely. I practically loved this movie. This was awesome. And I was surprised I'd never heard of it before. But I I was trying to think of something to compare it to. Uh, it's not quite Cabin in the Woods, but it, it has similar tones of humor. Like, it really knows what it's trying to be, and it really gets that stuff right and it's gory as crap and the way they do a lot of the gore is so funny because it's just a lot of times it's accidents you know uh maybe tucker and dale yeah versus evil there you go that's a good comparison right there i thought the, I, I thought the movie was great yep uh, that that's from the guy that made uh blue ruin and uh green room yep 
And yeah, I mean, big thumbs up on that one. That definitely will be in my tops for the for this month. Uh, not much else to add to that. Nice fast hour twenty. Um, it was kind of hilarious too how it ends. Uh, there was a little bit of padding there, and they're foot chase across the hill or the. Yep, rooftops. I remember that. There was a bit of padding. Hold on. Okay, I'm a, just give me a minute. I'm done with that review, but somebody just walked in. Okay. Just hang on a sec. And here's the usual where I have to yap a little bit. So I'm going to review Cabin Boy because Cabin Boy is awesome with Chris Elliott. And uh, it kind of is, it kind of sort of should have been a Tim Burton movie, but it's not. And it's just this weird hour and 20 minute long oddity that I love. The Blu-ray is great and Chris Elliott is weird and... Everybody in the movie is just kind of dirty and stinky looking, um, in a good way. It's, that's a good thing. It's got some cool stop motion that I quite liked. And I, from what I hear, Chris Elliott and the director Adam Resnick didn't much care for how the movie turned out. And I actually saw this in the theater when it came out back in 94 and, uh, I loved it. But I was like the only person that, that, uh, oh shit, he's back. Uh, it was great. Oh, it's one tired, tired kid after school, grumpy and whiny, and it's like, it's time for dinner. The neighbors are going in for dinner. That means it's time for dinner. It's like, it's 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> it's not time for dinner yet. Is he going to go lay down and take a nap, or is he... I told him to get some chips and go lay down and take a nap or something. He's not going... He'll yeah. get some chips, but he... Literally, when I was like, well, dude, why don't you just get some chips or something, he went... <laughs> Like, all right. No, no. He was like, I can't believe you're not feeding me. That was the look of shock. And I was just like, dude, shut up. (laughs) We don't, we don't eat dinner at 4.30. We don't usually eat till like 6.30. Anyway, there you have it. Murder, murder party. I, I quite enjoyed it and we'll definitely watch that one again. I would even pick that one up on Blu-ray probably. And back to you. Okay, so in preparation for the new Halloween coming out, or that, well, the new Halloween that is out now, I decided, along with Halloween's parts 1, 2, and 3, which I already watched, I'm like, "Ah, I should probably give Zombies Halloween 2 a revisit because I quite liked uh, the theatrical cut of his sequel. And uh, I, the director's cut I almost hated because it was, uh, any version is too much Scout Taylor Compton. Any version of both of Zombies Halloween movies are too much of her, but there's, there are lesser versions of her, especially part two. There's 15 minutes of less obnoxiousness from her and Malcolm McDowell, who are just, just awful, awful characters in his movies. Taking them out of the picture, I really like Halloween 2 for the, uh, he shot it in 16 millimeter, so immediately plus one. Plus two, I love the first 30 minutes where it's set in the the hospital, much like the original Halloween 2. And I like that Michael Myers in this one is just brutal. I mean, he just kills the shit out of people. Like, it's not just, I'm going to stab this person in the back twice. I'm going to stab him 15 times just to make sure. It's great. I wholeheartedly uh, endorse zombies' kills for his Halloween movies. But it... I don't like Scout Taylor Compton in anything. I just don't like her, unfortunately. Uh, so I still like this movie. 
I think it is superior to Zombies' first Halloween reboot, but she just, even though she's not in as much and her obnoxiousness is toned down a bit, it's still grating on me. And I, just the fact that she, I get it. It's whole, you know, she deal, she had to deal with this crap of Michael Myers killing her friends. And so she is a basket case now, but uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Yeah. Um, but this time I really did appreciate his cinematography in the movie. I, I, like he really captured that gr- a gritty Halloween feel. I liked that. Um, and then bottom of the barrel swill would be Halloween five revenge of Michael Myers. And I got to tell you, I don't, uh, Shit, I don't, I was going to try and watch that before this episode. Oh my Lord. Oh, this is required viewing in the deepest, darkest, deepest, darkest, Dungeons of Hell. It's 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 awful. It, awful. I cannot imagine there's any worse. I am. I'm. I'm done. I'm done with Halloween movies this year. Done with this series after this one because, well, not after this one because I watched the new one in the theater, which I'll review later. But <laughs> oh, I, I hated this. I I remember. I used to think that the Busta Rhymes. Trick or treat, motherfucker, was the worst one. But it, it can't be this bad. It cannot possibly be this bad. And this is an '80s slasher movie. But it, everything it does, it does wrong. Donald Pleasance looks miserable to be on this the set of this movie. Daniel Harris, which I think she's great, uh, but in this movie, the first half of the movie, she's reduced to she lost her voice, so she's she's talking, she can't talk, whatever. Uh. And it's like uh, it's annoying. And there's a little boy that's. Oh, that he gets her, and nah, it's stupid, and and every single side character is just obnoxious. The movie's pacing is it's just broken. The movie's pacing is completely broken. And I notice on the back of my Blu-ray that I have, uh, it says uh, "Can B effects," like gory special effects provided by Can B. And I'm like, you know, I haven't watched this movie for for a couple of years, but I'm like, huh, I don't remember special effects, but. Uh, it's time to hit play on this again, and if I, I guess they were there watching the filmmaker, uh, watching them make the movie because they're it's pretty much bloodless. So I would guess that the MPAA butchered the movie, of course. So any effects that they had are it's reduced to little little spritzes of blood. Um, the cops in this movie are just idiotic morons. I hated them. Hated them. Um, his mask was stupid and. Awful and uh, he chases the little girl around the end, and I'm like, uh, they're going through a house, and I don't, I, I don't know how, how does this end. Um, <laughs> the cowboy, the, oh, the cowboy boots guy shows up because they're the thorn storyline that continues with revenge of was it called? Yeah, then part six, which I'm not going to watch this year. <laughs> uh. Do you watch this on the big screen? No, 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 nope. I, I was not going. I, I, I felt a shitty movie was coming up with this one, so I'm like, it, um, don't, don't waste, don't waste prime time on this one. Thank God I didn't. Oh, there's, oh. For, for some reason, just the the painting the picture of Eugene in the theater room watching, uh, just cursing at this movie, it just oh. kind of makes me laugh. Oh, and I, I watched this in the morning when I got up and I was jogging on the treadmill. I was openly swearing at my screen watching it, like. I was furious watching this movie the whole way through, and I I wanted to give it zero, but I'm, I can't. It's like 
It was shot on film, I guess, and it's quote-unquote a Halloween movie, and I felt bad for Donald Pleasant, so half-star. <laughs> but, oh, I, I dare you to... Oh, I, I have this. I have a tin up here, don't I? I think I'm. I'm yeah. You maybe you might like it better than I did, but it was. Oh, I don't it. remember a thing about it other than, Good. as usual, Donna, Donald Pleasance looks like he's just an old man who's grumpy and bored and like, "Where's my trailer? Lead me to my trailer." That's what he always yes. looks like. Mm-hmm. No, it was that in spades in this one, and in, in, instead of leading me back to my trailer, it was just give me my paycheck. Just give me my paycheck. He just. I'm like, hey, you're you're not having fun there, buddy, are you? Because I'm not either. <laughs> All right, back to you. Awesome. Uh, next up for me is a review that Eugene has waited for for a long time. Well, buckle up, buddy, because it's time. From 1980, Cannibal Holocaust. Yay. <laughs> That's all the yay I got? I thought I'd get a yay! A big old Kermit well, yay. That, it was a very yeah. trepidatious yay. Uh, during a rescue mission into the Amazon rainforest, a professor stumbles across lost film shot by a missing documentary crew. Uh, directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Just like saying his name. Uh, we, you had tried to watch this movie with me once before, and when it got to the abortion scene, I checked out. I was like, I'm done, I'm out, and I'm... Now, I knew it was coming, and I kind of still watched it through fingers, but once we got through there, I was like, okay, I got past that. Let's, here we go. And the rest of the movie, nothing is as hardcore as that. And I'm surprised you let me quit, actually, because nothing after that bothered me at all. It was just, I mean, there was gross stuff for sure, but I was just like, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I actually, I really enjoyed that they cut away from the group to go back to New York and have the mm-hmm. people analyzing the footage and stuff. I thought that was a really uh, cool technique. Like a lot of times in this kind of situation, they will maybe have one break in the middle and then back to the film or just bookends. But here they did it a couple of times and it was nice to get a little breather and get out of that headspace. Uh, the biggest thing in this that was the most baffling was the film crew. They were like, we're going to find these tree people or whatever, and, you know, we got to be careful and how we deal with them and how we talk to people and who, you know, we got to be careful because there's still headhunters in the area and we don't want to uh, offend anybody or anything. And so when they finally find one of these tree people, the very first thing they do, the film grew that's three dudes and a chick, they immediately grab this girl out of the tree and gang rape her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why... What, what what is wrong with you? And at that point, it was like, I want you all to die. And sure enough, even the woman that's part of their crew, she's like, well, at least don't film it or something. And it's like, what? What is going on? <laughs> like, I, it, was, it, was, it was baffling because literally a scene or two earlier, they were just talking about how careful they've got to be. And the next, they're like, look, there's one. Put your dick in her. Like, what? what is going on? Uh, so that part was very bizarro to me but then after that it was like oh i have no pity for you guys get killed and eaten i don't care at all so uh it also was kind of funny as they're like run away run away here they come and then they grab one of the film crew and then they'd stand 10 feet away and film everything and then as soon as they were done with that they turn around and all run away uh, from the cannibals and the cannibals would catch trip up somebody else and catch another one and then they'd all creep back in <laughs> Beep. It's hey, it's the template for you. <laughs> beep, beep. Beep. 
It's the template for all things found footage. Yep. Because it's a, they even now they're making those same silly decisions in found footage movies that you know are on the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, but I did appreciate it for what it is, and I might actually, I don't know, I might pick this up on DVD or something. But that abortion scene is just all. I know it's fake and all, but it's like it is just so much. Um, it's too too heavy for me the way that is. I always thought that the 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 film crew lady in the end when she gets gang raped by the cannibals and then her head lopped off. I just thought that was just, oh, I, that scene was, ooh. I mean, I, I would feel bad, but she contributed to the rape of one of their people. Why would I fuck you? Yeah. I just, the way they did it was, well, I'm not saying she should be raped in return. Not, yeah. Revenge rape's yeah, no good. It, but, was, it was icky. Yeah, it was, but yeah. And they cut off the other one guy's dick and, and then they just yeah. kind of sit around and just kind of beat it with these really, Primitive tools, the uh, the sack of crap until they get all the gore out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that works. It gets the job done. Yep. Mm-hmm. All all set to. I love that music. I have the soundtrack. I do too, and it made me laugh because I've actually listened to the soundtrack in one of the CDs that you gave me when it, however many years ago, and I'm like, I know that track. But I didn't know what it was from. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm like, ah. <laughs> and it's just so abrupt. They go from this weird, like, like almost sad music to the, the quote unquote suspenseful music. I love it. Uh, yep. It is a weird piece of cinema history. But it is finally checked off the list. Okay. Next, I watched Tales from the Hood 2. And after that, I watched, because, you know, going from Cannibal Holocaust, it was like, all right, I need something that's just going to be a little more mellow. And so, Tales from the Hood 2. And then after that, back down the Umberto Lenzi well we go. Black Demons. Oh, yes. Great movie. It's a four star for this guy. How about you? Well, I'm just going to let that hang out there in the ether for a little bit. Uh, three college students, another couple and their housekeeper, and a whole bunch, just random people, just just all hanging out in a, rem- a remote Brazilian plantation by a group of zombies raised from the grave by a voodoo curse, because one of the guys was like, let's raise up them zombies. Yeah, this, was, this wasn't good. Nah, oh, nah, it's great. Nah. I watched it, but nah. definitely not enough gore to merit the low budget. Like, there's some gory parts in it, but for this kind of low budgety affair, I, I want the uh, Fulci zombie. You know what I mean? I want more, more of it. If it's going to be this kind of, oh, you got shit taped on your face. All right, you're a zombie. Go. Like, ah. Okay, then I want the gore, and it was like, eh, there were a couple parts of it, but it was fairly unmemorable. And the guy's an asshole that raised up the zombies, and you want him to die. It's just like, everybody's yelling. There's lots of arguing in this movie. The first half is just talky. Eh. I'm, I'm not giving it a massive thumbs down by any stretch, but I'm just like, eh, not really for me. And that, But that's Umberto Lenzi. He is very, very, mostly miss for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I love this movie. You didn't like uh, what's her name? Uh, her, I think Jessica in the movie, but I think 
Her yeah, she's her name is Sonya Curtis in real life, but oh, her acting was oh, uh, that was the 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 main girl or whatever. And she, you remember that line that she delivered? She you probably don't remember this, but she was like, "I'm not going to stand here and die like an idiot." I'm like, oh, ex- exactly, <laughs> oh, exactly. Movie, movie is full of dumb shit like that. But I also was kept getting confused on who was the brother and who's the boyfriend and who's the huh? Mm-hmm. And then they come and go and they go over here and. And then there's servants and what? What's happening? Yeah, there's there's some eyeball yep. eyeball gouging and yep. oh, it's so good. I please please some some studio release that movie already because <laughs> I've got I mean I've got a thirty dollars in my billfold that's it's just burning a hole in that billfold. <laughs> it, mm. uh, back to you. Okay, uh, so I was once again I was listening to the, my my favorite podcast. And they were talking about Scream for Help. And I'm like, what's Scream for Help? And they're like, oh, Scream Factory just released it. And it is from the guy that made the Death Wish movies. And Tom Holland, Fright Night Tom Holland, wrote it. And it is an anomaly of cinema. And I'm like, well, then I must see this anomaly of cinema. So I bought it. And I watched it. And it is one of the greatest things I have ever seen. Ever. Ever. What? It is. It is. I texted you when I was watching this. I'm like, I this is this is so broken on so many levels okay. that it becomes amazing. There is quite literally like every decision that that uh, Michael Winner made in directing this movie was wrong. Everyone, the <laughs> score is the score is so uh, it's it's so offensive because of how wrong it is for what's going on. It's basically this Nancy Drew type mystery of this teenage girl that thinks her stepfather's trying to kill her mom in order to who cares? And and so she's a detective and and it's just inappropriate sexual stuff the whole way through. I'm like and I mean like deflowering and I'm like, what the hell am I watching here? Like okay, let's. What's gonna happen next? And people, it's. I I cannot possibly explain how crazy this movie is. And by the end, it actually starts to get just a slight, tiny little bit suspenseful. And I'm like, no, 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 no! Don't get suspenseful. Keep on with the inappropriate, weird. This doesn't work stuff because this is comedy genius. And when it was done. Uh, I'm, I've been on a horror tear, so I don't really have time for any special features. But I'm like, there's an interview with Tom Holland. And Tom Holland, I think, is a good director. And he made, he made Fright Night. So watch this. It's interesting to hear him talk about this movie that he wrote. Because he acknowledges that this is pretty much a complete piece of shit. But anyway, it's, it's, not only is it worth a purchase for the movie itself, but it is definitely worthy of watching to hear Tom Holland talk about this movie and how broken the thing was. Uh, it, and it's interesting to see what good intentions, uh, can lead to because I think that the director, uh, Michael Winter, had some good ideas, but just the decisions that were made in this movie were not what the story called for. And the, just the weird sex type stuff in this movie is, it's very, off-putting, but the movie is from the 80s and it makes it funny. It's just this weird anomaly. I have, I truly have not seen anything like this. Scream Factory released it, which surprised the hell out of me that they would have actually released a movie like this, but they did and it was, it was worth 20 bucks. So 
that was a big thumbs up, just for the fact that it caught me off guard with just how weird it was, even after listening to uh, the podcast review of it. And I'm like, I was kind of sort of prepared for the weirdness, but not on that level. It was nuts. Anyway, scrim for help. Okay, next up is Abominable. And this is a Amazon Prime movie, and I I watched this, oh, back in the day. Like, uh, it, it was probably on DVD. Well, obviously, it was on DVD, but I don't remember when I watched it, but it, I watched it at some point because I remembered bits and pieces, but it was on Amazon Prime, so I'm like, it's a horror movie. It counts. Let's watch it again. Is this um, uh, Abominable, like as in Abominable Snowman or something? Correct, yes. Okay, cool. From 2006. And... Um, if Netflix would have been around and in their prime in 2006, like streaming stuff, this f- feels like one of those movies that just pops up on Netflix. But you know what I mean? Like it feels like these cheapy horror movies that just pop up yeah. for no reason on Netflix now. Um, I, I remember when I was watching, I'm like, I remember not liking this movie at all, but I'm committed. Watch the whole thing. And I did. Um, and I liked it actually more this time than I did the first time. And I think that, it helped that it was in HD, and the first time I watched it was on DVD. The quality was pretty good on this, and it's a dark movie. There's a lot of scenes that are kind of shrouded in darkness, and I could make out what was going on a little bit better. I appreciate the fact that the director, Ryan uh, Schifrin, that he went all practical. So, the, the abom- this yeah, this is basically this abominable creature, snowman thing, whatever, is in in the hills and it kills a bunch of girls and there's a guy in a wheelchair. It's kind of a rear window type thing also where guy in a wheelchair sees what's going on, but he can't do anything because he's in a wheelchair. The cops don't believe him and blah, blah, blah. But the creature itself looked cool. It kind of reminded me a little bit of cellar dweller kind of. And just when I would start to get bored, like let's go, I'm ready for another gore scene. There would be another gore scene. Uh, They, they missed an opportunity with, they actually got, uh, Lance Henriksen and, um, I'm drawing a blank now, uh, reanimator guy. Um, shit, why am I drawing a blank? Jeffrey Combs. They actually had, they were in, they had cameo scenes in the movie and spoiler alert, I guess they get killed, but it's off scene, off screen. I'm like, come on. It's, it's Lance Henriksen and, Jeffrey Combs, and you should have lopped their heads off or something cool, but they didn't. They, but after that, towards the end, things got pretty, pretty gory, which I appreciate. I don't know if this was filmed on film or, um, video. It, or video. Yeah. It feels like, cause it was like, this is before the real slickly shot stuff that we see now. It, I don't know. It, it, Felt not quite cinema quality. It felt like this thing never hit cinemas. But for a Halloween month horrorthon movie, yep, worth a watch. Okay. Uh, next up for me is Hereditary from 2018. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. And... <sighs> I'm kind of torn with this movie, and I'm not sure how I'm going to rate it. I'm sure that the next time I watch it, which I will probably watch it again, it will get a higher rating than whatever I'm going to give it this time around. But I would say I'm not terribly far off from the IMDb of, well, 7.3 out of 10. I'd probably go a little higher than that. 
because it was very well made. My biggest gripe is that for the first two-thirds of this two-hour and seven movie, it is just gloomy and depressing. And it's like, I'm not saying you need circus music and bright, sunny, shiny, happy days because it's not happy stuff that's going on. Her mother passes away. But she was elderly. I mean, she was... She wasn't young, so it's not like, I don't know, I guess she was kind of a domineering mother, so it was a big deal. Uh, but then, there's an incident with the daughter that's like, now it should be gloomy. <laughs> uh, I would understand that, but it was just so oppressively heavy for most of it that it was like, I don't even care if it's good filmmaking, It's I want to get out from under this cloud. But then in the second half, well, especially the third act, they start ramping up, I, I'm a spoiler free, what's actually going on here. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, let's. Uh, we should have been doing this at the halfway point and really taking our time to uh, just, I don't know, more of that and less of the dark cloud. I know I'm being all vague review, but I don't want to, it's a new movie, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But once you start getting an idea of, of what kind of horror movie we're dealing with, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm in. This is this is pretty awesome, because both you and I like those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like they could have just spent. Uh, I'm not saying that the movie should be shorter, and I'm not saying it should be longer. I'm saying they should have just altered the pace at which they revealed information. At one point, there's a scene where she goes up in the attic, and is flipping through um, books that her mother kept, and it's explaining what's going on. But they flip through it in, like, ten seconds, and you're expected to, like, pick up this information or something? I, no way. There's no way you could pick it up that quick. You'd have to, like, pause the movie and read the pages to do it. And it, it, it's just like, why did, you know, we could have, we had plenty of, of padding time where we could have spent some time on that and really laid it out what's going on, in my opinion. That's <laughs> it. Done. <laughs> um so there's kid problems um should I read another or should I do another review uh, um cabin boy took care of that oh one other quick thing about cabin boy is uh the best line in the whole movie is these pipes are clean and uh if you watch the movie you'll know what I mean and it's quite funny and uh very well-timed comedy. What else? Oh, shit. I, all these other movies I've talked about. Um, I mean, I'm literally going through... Watched them all. I got nothing. Yeah, so now we just have to wait on Eric to get back. Um, what else? Um, Scout Taylor. Yeah, she's not good. I talked about that. Um, hey, he's back. It's, it's, it just never fails. It's like, <laughs> if I need 90 minutes to record, it's like, okay, we're going to scream and fight and throw a fit and, and just stand outside the window and scream and scream and scream. It's like, yeah, I could tell during, during the, uh, hereditary review, I'm like, oh, I can just hear them right out. I'm like, I feel your tension rising as you're trying to wrap up the review. I'm trying to talk louder so that you can't hear them in the background, but <laughs> good luck on that. Uh, anyway, anyway, to wrap up hereditary, I give the movie a thumbs up for the filmmaking and what they did and everything, but I just feel like they could have spent a little more time 
spreading out some of that information in the third act, and then the third act would have made more sense. But as it is, you're just along for the ride, and you're like, by the time it was over, it was like, I don't even really know what happened. I mean, I have an idea of what happened, but I don't know how they got there, uh, what the path was. I mean, they kind of blurted out a couple of plot points along the way, but I was just like, what now? I mean, I get it, you're trying to do this, but how did the, you have to do all this other complicated... St- I don't know, I was just like, ah, all right. Uh, okay, next up, Hell House, LLC. This was another found footage thing, right? Five years sure. after, after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tourgoers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy fi- to find out what really happened. Um, yeah, this was a good movie, and it was creepy as shit, and honestly, my biggest complaint is stupid people doing stupid things in this movie. Yep, agreed. Uh, That's really the only thing that, and I mean really stupid. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, staying in a haunted house while you're fixing it up and stuff, that's creepy, but I guess you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, then you have instances where... I'm just laying in bed recording myself, the camera guy is, and this creepy, just terrifying, like, body walks into the room, just kind of hovers there, and he's like, I don't even know, come on, Max, quit fucking around, Max, yeah, trying to scare me, and then the thing just turns and walks back out, and he's like, whatever, dude. Dude. (laughs) Fuck that, man. I... And then all the, the the creepy shit with the clowns turning their faces in the basement and... That was great. Oh, screw it, we'll open anyway. What? Like, you guys yeah. deserve to die. Uh, but mm. that goes with a lot of horror movies, not just found footage. Um, but uh, there was a lot of creepy shit in that movie. That was pretty damn effective, I thought. But, uh, yeah, so you gotta really kind of suspend a little bit of disbelief the way that some people will react to terrifying things, I guess. I agree. And their, their explanation for why they had to stay there because they were, you know, spoiler alert, they were running out of money or they were broke or something like that. I'm like, if your life is in danger, if there's real demonic shit going on, it doesn't matter if you have no money at all. You're not going to stay there. That's ridiculous. Right. But right. What, whatever. I just find, I found like, just get me more scary shit and I'm good. Yeah. And that they delivered on that, I think. Yep. Uh, there you go. Back to you. Okay, next up, Halloween. This is the uh, sequel to John Carpenter's original Halloween that is uh, doing gangbusters at the box office. Why didn't they give it a subtitle or something? What's that? Why didn't they give it a subtitle or something? I I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose that there already is two different Halloween 2s. Uh, and there's a Halloween a, H2. Wouldn't have to give it a number, though. I mean, they've done other yeah. things. I just think it's weird... To, it, Again, this series is so freaking convoluted for one. Yeah. And for two, it's now you have to explain it. Well, Halloween was a movie that was made in 1978 and Jamie Lee Curtis and blah, blah, blah. And the sequel to it was made in 2018. And it is also called Halloween. Like, huh? Like, just, you could have called it something. Halloween, the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I, I. taking a nap. Okay, why don't you go play Sega? Is he taking a nap up in his bedroom? Then why don't you go play Xbox or something? Okay, close the door, please. (laughs) 
It's all right. The big one needed the nap the worst. He, he was okay. shot. Sorry. One of those episodes. Yep. I, huh? Me, okay, Eugene, so, and the kids. Yeah. So Halloween. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this uh, because we've got a couple other movies that we have to get through. But I did quite enjoy this movie. And it is uh, it is good to see a new competently made Halloween movie in the theaters again. Uh, while I do appreciate Rob Zombie's movies and what they are, uh, this one here fits way more in line with the original series, especially uh, the first two, and I would suppose H2O, although they jettison everything from part two on. This is a continuation of part one. Um, I really liked the cold open. I liked some of the uh, some of the violent kills, which nothing reaches the level of Rob Zombie's, but I did like the some of the violent kills towards the end and each one of uh the sequ- or each one of the original sequels to Halloween it seems like they pay a slight nod to almost all of them save for maybe zombies versions there just seems to be a little tiny something in in this movie that recognizes or at least is like like oh i think that kind of reminds me a little bit of part whatever so i think that's kind of cool Jamie Lee Curtis is of course great I felt like the movie was too long at an hour and 46 minutes. And uh, some of the teenage stuff was a little grating. But I, it was still, compared to most of the Halloween sequels, this is solid. I would put this... Uh, I would say that Halloween 2 is still my... The original Halloween 2 is still my favorite then... Well, no, I'm sorry. Season of the Witch. But as far as the Michael Myers ones go, Part 2, Part 1, I would probably put this one next, but it's right there in line with H2O. So if you really like H2O, I can't imagine you're not going to like this. H2O, the one thing that uh, H2O has that this one doesn't is a very short runtime, and they get to the point now. So it's like without the credits I believe that thing is like 80 minutes and it's go, 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 go. But also with H2O you got Josh Hartnett's hair and got a docket for that. Um... <laughs> uh, Anyway, it's a good movie. This is a good movie, and it was cool to see a new Halloween movie competently made in the theater. So, thumbs up from me on that one. Next up is Night of the Seagulls. I have reviewed this movie before on our show, but uh, I was in the mood for uh, one of the Blind Dead series movies again from uh, Amando Asario, And this is the last one, and my personal favorite of this series. There's four of them. It's... Uh, the Blind Dead, Return of the Evil Dead, uh, Ghost Galleon, and Night of the Seagulls. And Night of the Seagulls is my favorite, and I, I'm getting to the point where I love this movie. It is so gothic and creepy and evil, and the storyline is very... There's not much of a storyline. It's a, a doctor and his wife show up at this seaside village, and basically this these uh, Templar Knight zombies come back from the grave to... To take seven virgins, I guess, something like that. And it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just more fog. Bring on the fog and the creepy skeleton dudes on horses and light those bastards on fire. It's, oh, it's so cool. I love it. I love this series. So, Night of the Seagulls. And actually, the reason that, I, one of the reasons I rewatched this one versus the other ones was Scream Factory released this one on Blu-ray. And so, I gots to have it. <laughs> Back to you. All right. Next up for me is shit I watch in the background while I'm working from 2005. 
And it's so 2005-y. Uh, Doom. Space Marines are sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. Sure. This was right before Carl Urbain became a real badass, and... He was in this? Yeah. Ooh, I didn't remember that. Oh, yeah. Rosamund Pike's her, his sister. And Dwayne Johnson, who was no longer Scorpion King bad, but had not quite become run-down good yet. Right square <laughs> in the middle. Uh-huh. And his character is an asshole, so you hate him. You don't even root for him. And he doesn't make... Like, it seems like he's almost two different characters from the first half and the second half. Uh, like... He seems like a good leader in the first half. In the second half, he seems like, ah, fuck it, let's just kill all the people. And it's like, why? What happened? Um, this movie, uh, this movie sucks. But at the same time, it's got some kind of decent little action scenes in it. It's got a couple of decent little kind of jump scary things. It's got some decent practical creature effects. It's got some shitty CGI, but it was sort of like, well, I didn't hate looking at that part, though, because it was kind of funny for whatever reason. Same with the humor, hit and miss. It, its biggest problem is is that it's a like straight down the middle average movie. It's not awful and it's not good. <laughs> it's just a thing that exists. And one day they'll get around to making a good Doom movie. But I mean, it's even rated R, and and you still you still did this, huh? All right, like you should have gone full on. Like scary, uh, gore, like really, really gory kind of, uh, mm-hmm. thing, but instead of, it's, it's, it feels like a PG 13 movie plus a couple. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. well, that scene was a little bloodier and they said fuck a couple times. So, yeah, there you go. Doom. Watched in the background. Okay, uh, next up. A movie I believe you hated, and so why shouldn't I watch it? Uh, Day of the Dead Bloodline. Oh, I'm so glad you watched that. Oh. <laughs> 2018. I didn't know that that was this, that recent. Mm, oh, yeah. Uh, but I like Jonathan Sheck or whatever his name is. So, ah, eh, what the hell? Another background thing while I'm working. And again, hit and miss. It's not the worst piece of shit I've ever seen, but I, I feel like the makeup was really good on Jonathan Sheck. However you say his name. To where he, he looks, I mean, he's the bub character, obviously, but his name is Max. Yeah. And I thought his makeup was done very, very well. Uh, her, the, the lead female, Sophie Skelton, her acting was, eh, but I kind of felt it was more the material she was working with than her personally. And until it came to the voiceover, for some reason they crammed this movie with her voiceover and it was so flat and not needed. And it was, and then... This happened, and we went to do this, and da, 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 da. and it was like, we don't need this information at all. Uh, so that I blame on the director more than her, I think. Uh, again, stupid people making stupid decisions. The army guy that was supposed to be the big badass guy was paled in comparison to the original Dawn of the Dead. It was like, you're trying so hard to seem like you're mean and badass, and I feel like anybody in this movie could punch you in the face and the fight would be over. eh. Is this a good movie? No, not by any stretch. 
Is it a zero movie? No. Um, meh. <laughs> I don't even remember what you gave it. Zero. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on. It, I don't think it's a zero movie. <laughs> I hated it. I, it's 90 minutes. I don't know. It's a thing that exists. Mm. Uh, and, and the collection. <laughs> I watched the collection. So no. back to you. Okay, next up for me, I won't spend much time on this, Deadly Dreams. I reviewed this already on the show a half a year ago or so because I I was just ready already to rewatch this one. I enjoyed it that much. This is a Roger Corman joint, hour and 20 minutes barely, and I, I didn't watch the special feature on it, special features on it this time, but I recall the director saying, which is a Christy Peterson is the director, a female director, and she uh, she said that Roger Corman just kept on having her cut stuff back, and it yeah, good because the pacing is so good on this movie. There's never a dull moment. It, it's it's cheesy '80s uh, horror thriller type, uh, and it's in all the best ways. It's fun. It's got the, the uh, a killer that wears a groundhog or raccoon mask or some dumb shit. Uh, shotgun and uh, what makes the movie work so well is the very good twist. This has a really, really good twist that even on second viewing, it paid off for me. I kind of, um, I remembered as it was getting close, I'm like, oh, it's, a, and it's all about this brother and these two brothers that are business dealings and the girlfriend is involved and blah, 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 and someone's trying to kill him and whatever. But the twist is quite good. It was, I'm like, ah, they got me again, Roger Corman. Good movie. Uh, and that is a Code Red movie, by the way. So if you're interested, for the low, low price of God knows what, you can own that. Um, uh, Candyman 2, farewell to the... Uh, this thing, it's on Amazon Prime. And the back of my head, I mean, I added it to my watch list. And I'm like, before I hit play on it, I, I, it for the past... Several weeks, I'm like, I gotta hit play on this thing. I gotta hit play. And I kept on thinking, Eugene, you're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like this movie. You, your brain matter does remember back when it came out in the mid 90s and you didn't, I don't, even back then when you liked all things horror, you probably didn't like this one, right? Remember? And, you know, the, the dumb part of my brain was like, no, watch it. You're so, probably wrong. The 90s are probably, probably awesome. Wrong. It's probably good, Tony Todd. Oh, good God. What? Oh. Just 90s. You, like, there's some good 90s horror movies, and then there's these 90s horror movies that almost no gore, pacing is off, and it just has this drab brown look to it. Like, everything is kind of sapia-toned, it seemed, and boring as shit, and oh, my Lord, this was... Like hour and thirty five minutes that it just felt like it was never going to end. And I like Tony Todd; he's an imposing bad guy in this movie and the first one. And here's the thing: even the first one, when I was watching this, I'm like, "Do you really like the first one that much?" Either though, because it's not is what you were. Eh. So anyway, uh, Candyman two is set in New Orleans, and he's back because someone says Candyman five times and. A mirror and heritage and no, no. Okay. Yep. Back to you. All right. Last round for me. 
Uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane from 2006. Amber Heard and a bunch of other people go out to the country to party because they're high schoolers and, uh, yeah, as these things tend to go, ten little Indians get getting picked off one at a time and the kids all do a bunch of drugs and they're all pretty much assholes, except for Amber Heard's character, who just is sort of like, I'm pretty and pouty-faced and all the boys want to do me, but I don't let them, and... It's rather oh, She was so sexy in that movie. Huh? So She was so sexy in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. 2006 sexy, though. Um, <laughs> have you watched it lately? or? Uh, not for a little while, but I quite liked that movie back when I watched it a while ago. Yeah. I liked it, too. Second round, I'm like, all right. I, I already know it's common, so eh. Um, and... The, the character of Mandy Lane, I'm not talking about Amber Heard, but the character, it, it's, like I said, I'm I'm sexy and pouty-lipped and all the boys want to do me, but I don't do any of them because I'm different. And it gets weird because all of the boys are literally like sitting around her, like trying to kiss her kind of. And it's like, even in high school, when we were stupid hormone monsters... It, it, no, I don't think, no, it would have been like, this is weird, like whatever, but they're all, they're all assholes. So you don't care when they start getting picked off. It's like, all right, yeah, kill them. Sure. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's got a, you know, that twist ending, but even then the twist, the way it twists on the twist doesn't make much sense. It's like, huh? What? Why? What's going on here? I guess now we're doing this other thing, whatever. I can fuck that guy. So, huh? Yep, uh, this, this is real close to being classified things that exist. Um, hmm. I, I, I like that movie. You liked that well, again, movie I, back then. Yeah, I haven't watched it in, oh, it's been a long time since I watched that movie. It's okay. I, I'm not really ragging it, but it's just okay. Yeah. And last for me this week is Dead Time Stories, which I just finished up before the show. A babysitting uncle tells his... What the hell does... Tells his charges three horror stories. It's one kid. He tells the one it's, kid three horror stories. About a killer witch, Little Red Riding Hood, a werewolf, and Goldilocks and Three Bears. And this was a pretty sweet anthology. Uh, its biggest problem is that the best one is right up front with the killer witch. Yep. It's like... It seemed like there was all your money. Next up, Little Red Riding Hood and the werewolf. The werewolf's face almost doesn't move. It was an interesting concept, <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, well, I, I, you see where this is going very quick when he doesn't get his medication at the pharmacy or whatever. It's like, and he tells the guy, if I'm not passed out by the time the moon goes full, and it's like, all right, I see where the entire rest of this short's going. We're done. And lastly, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, I thought, was pretty was a pretty funny one. That one, they went hard and they leaned hard into the comedy. And I like that one should have been the first one, I think. I agree. Yeah. And then, yeah, the meh middle one and then end with the Killer Witch one. That would have worked out better, in my opinion. The Killer Witch one was so good. That was such a cool movie or short story. Yeah, it was great, cool practical effects and and cool tricks that they used to pull off those effects. I, I really I really liked that one. Uh, but I will give this one a thumbs up. I don't think I've ever seen it before, but I would actually have to go to my review files to make sure, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this one before. Uh, and so that ends my streak of the week. Uh, back to you. Do you have any more? 
<clears throat> I do. I have three more. First up is Breeders from 1986. Ah. Directed by... Yeah, uh, it's... Why not? Sure. I watched this before many, many, many years ago. Oh, and I, I own remember. this on DVD. I need to own this thing. I do. <laughs> really? Because I feel like the last time we talked about this movie, you hated it, and I was like, ah, I kind of like it. Well, yeah, and I... This is from, actually from the dire- same director of Robot Holocaust and uh, Mutant Hunt, which was a roulette for you. Tim Kincaid. I believe that he was a gay porn director. Uh, or I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, naked 80s ladies and cheap effects and guy in rubber suit that's breeding women for some dumb reason. And then the end with the ladies in like, they're in this, <laughs> they're in this subway in this like fake looking swimming pool type thing. That's supposed to be an alien uh-huh. cocoon. Yeah. And they're like naked and like splashing around in Elmer's glue or something. And Oh, <laughs> this is, this is great. Uh, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I feel like you turned but, around on this a bit. Oh yeah, it's 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 padded to the point of uh, hilarity. The lead, I, I'm not sure if you could even call anybody a lead in this movie because it's all over the place. It's like here's a scene that happens, now here's another scene, and now here's kind of sort of the the cop guy maybe. And this this lady, the lead girl, has just the most enormous hair. It's just it's so huge and brown and just. Big. Weren't they like models and they had to do photo shoots and stuff too? Yeah, something like that. And then, yeah, and then I, I honestly, I mean, I finished it yesterday. I don't remember <laughs> why the alien was doing what he was, it was doing, but I need to, I they, think they it's were, on Blu-ray. He, he was breeding them to get yes. more aliens or something. I think so. And like, yeah, the, the end was great though with the girls splashing around sexually, sexually in the Elmer Glue pool. <laughs> Whatever, and yeah, practical effects, and it was, yep, okay, I, uh, I still didn't give it a high, a high score because it's, it's truly a piece of shit. I mean, it feels like it's something that should have been directed by Fred Olin Ray, but I'll accept Tim Kincaid as the director. <laughs> I, um, I agree with that synopsis. Okay, next up is, and I know we're getting, you know, long in time, but, uh, I won't spend too much time on this, but I did want to talk about this a little bit. American Guinea Pig Sacrifice. This is the latest from Unearthed Films. This is the first uh, American Guinea Pig movie that I guess uh, the, uh, the the group that founded this American Guinea Pig series and from Unearthed that they themselves did not direct. They actually, uh, they I guess, watched the movie and they liked it and they were like, we want to release this under our label. And it fits... It fits perfectly in the quote-unquote American Guinea Pig series, I guess. Much more so than the Song of Solomon one, which was still okay. This it feels much more like the first one, the uh, Bouquet of Guts and Gore, and then Bloodshock, and then this Sacrifice one. Sacrifice, to me, is the most polished of the bunch thus far. Um, the director, her name is Poison Rogue. So sure it is. That. Sure yes. it is. Um, so here's the quick synopsis of this movie. This guy, he goes to this bathroom and he basically is bound set and determined to sacrifice himself to a goddess. And then he opens up his backpack and takes out all sorts of blunt instruments to eviscerate himself for the entire runtime of the movie. Uh, such acts of depravity involve drilling into his forehead 
uh, biting a chunk of his arm out, sticking a screwdriver in his pee-pee hole. Uh, what else does he do? Uh, slices his hand open and then uh, licks it like it's a vagina. It's 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 quite something. It's quite something. It was horrific. Just just horrific. <laughs> and the special effects were way too good. Like they were legit good special effects. So everything you're seeing is just. It takes a lot to get under my skin, but I'm like, oh, good God, this is awful. Uh, but very well made. It's not one that I'm going to revisit often, but I'm going to revisit that one. Um, yeah, the PP scene was, that was tough. That's, that's hard to even listen to. It was, and what made it worse is that it was so realistic. And then after that, he was like, well, heck, hell with it. I'm just going to cut my dick off. And he does. Yeah, as one is one to do. Yeah, and it was, and it was. I thought this was actually kind of an interesting way to keep himself alive. He has these uh, twist, not twist ties, but the the plastic zip ties or whatever. Yeah, zip so, ties. So you know when he is gouging himself, and he's like, "You're like, well, you're gonna bleed out like immediately." He he like ties off the wound. It's so hard. My my biggest complaint about the movie is there's a voiceover, and the voiceover is. Kinda, and I can, I know why they did the voiceover to, so that you kind of know what's, you know, why he's doing what he's doing, but, and the voice actor was, yeah, but still, that's, that is for hardened horror moviegoers, and that is made specifically for, uh, a depraved person like myself! <laughs> um, uh, I am gonna give you a warning on this one. This is now the third movie of your thing that is an hour long. Yeah, but it's an hour and one minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you are pushing it, sir. Uh, okay, well, how about this? Let's take 15 minutes off of this next movie that was an hour and 44. We'll tack <laughs> this 15 minutes on to Sacrifice. So, you know, to, so now we've got an hour. This last one here is an hour and a half then, you know, quote unquote, and Sacrifice is an hour and 15. So that kind of evens, right? I mean, if, if I'm allowed to count every hour and a half I watched of Walking Dead as a one point. And that's the TV I show. I I watched half a season of that. I'd, I'd be up to like 75 <laughs> points by now. <laughs> well, just for this time. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, Dark Breed, last but not least. And uh, I literally mean last but not least. Jack uh, Scalia is in this. Do you know who he is? Uh, no. Oh, he's so Jack Scalia-ish in this. It, oh, he's oh, he's so great. He's very much like the Speakman guy. Uh, he was in the Rift. It you would know this guy. I'm he's been in uh, a ton of stuff. But this is basically it's Life Force, Toby Hooper's Life Force, Predator, maybe a little bit of Aliens, and a whole lot of species. Two or species, all just, just mushed, just smushed together into a 1996 kick-ass science fiction horror movie. This is just great. It was 90s in all the best ways possible. You've already said you've already said it before. Where there's those certain 90s movies where they just go for their R rating, and this one goes for that R rating. The blood, like the the squibs, are people get shot to shit in this thing. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what the budget was, but there is a lot of cars that they destroyed in this movie, and a lot of explosions and car chases and stuff. Where I'm like, 
this this legit feels like it should have been in the theaters. There's a couple of miniatures that don't quite work, but I, this is a thumbs up. Six astronauts are infected by an alien organism, and that's all you need to know. It's basically just the good guys are chasing around the bad guys who happen to be astronauts that transform with some poor CGI, but some practical effects into these creatures, and it is just beautifully bonkers awesome and kitchen sink cool and Jack Scalia's oh he's just he grimaces so much in this movie to the point of hilarity like <laughs> oh you're grimacing again oh like all right oh and there's okay one scene in the movie where he's he's uh he teams up with this a good a good guy alien who is who has possessed his Ex-wife, cop, astronaut lady, whatever, I don't, who cares? And they're at this diner and, uh, she orders food. And they never really explain why this happens, but she starts like, I want pizza. And the waitress is like, it's, it's breakfast and we don't serve pizza. I want pizza with everything on it. We, we don't serve pizza. Surely you have frozen pizza back there. We, we don't, we don't have pizza here. And it goes on. And I'm like, are you, what are, what, what is going on here? Like, was this a outtake that they just slipped into the movie? So, so, so then she's like, okay, fine. Then I'll have an omelet with peppers, mushrooms, onions. So I'm like, oh, are we doing this? And then when she, and then when she's all done, she's like, hold the eggs. I'm like, yes. Oh, that's comedy gold. Hold the eggs. If you want a pizza, like, you're going to have to fill out this form and send it to Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so you went from pizza to an omelet, hold the eggs. I'm like, oh, beautiful. Be- I mean, right there, I'm like, well, you just earned yourself an extra star just for this scene alone. Well, she's getting all the pizza toppings just with no eggs or yeah. no pizza. Yeah. I guess, okay, so that actually is kind of brilliant. Um, but In, a, in yeah, an insane kind of somebody's tripping on acid sort of way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and all through this, uh, she, like, the, the waitress doesn't seem to mind the fact that she's got cat... Uh, like these fake looking cat contact lenses in her eyes to make her look like an alien. Uh, so all the aliens, like when they get pissed off or whatever, their eyes turn to this. You can tell they're contact lenses, but <laughs> so they, the waitress goes like, well, you must have had a rough night last night. I'm like, that's all you're going to say to a lady that has alien creature eyes. One of which is, is not in quite right. It's kind of crooked. I'm like, <laughs> is it, is it like set in New York city though? Oh yeah, it's in the, it's in the city. Yeah, they see yeah. all kinds of weird shit. They're they're used to that. I would guess. Yeah, I, I guess the only but thing that I, would made that breakfast order better is if she had ordered all that shit, said hold the eggs, and then said on the side, can I get a bagel with tomato sauce? <laughs> then perfect. Actually, did she order toast? I think she does. Yeah, I think she did. I think she did order toast. So she was trying to build her own pizza. And- and she ordered and she ordered tomatoes, so it all came. <laughs> I didn't. Why didn't? Why did I not pick that up? I did not think about that. She's actually making her own pizza. Ah, oh, th- that makes this movie so brilliant. <laughs> and you figured it out, and you didn't watch it. <laughs> well, now I want to, because that's oh. how I would order it. <laughs> oh, that's great! I didn't pick that up. Now that's that's a bit of writing genius right there. God bless you, Richard Preston Jr. for that. Great bit of dialogue and crooked contact lenses and stuff. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) It's good to know that me and Richard Preston Jr. are on the same page. Yes. uh, But anyway, it's the whole way through. I'm like, Eric has got to watch this. He has got to watch this movie. There's so many machine guns and Gatlin gun type (laughs) craziness and just just blowing people away left and right. And then then the end and just 
there, there's stupid, like, stupid music being played that shouldn't, it was kind of inappropriate, and they play it too long, but I'm like, eh, it's okay, because it's Dark Breed. <laughs> Scalia. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, that's it. Uh, thumbs up. There's the end of my horathon for the week. All right, that brings the final tally, 45 me, 44 you. Ooh, um, this is neck and neck here. Yep. I gotta find some hour-long horror movies to watch. Uh, ah! <laughs> we discussed this earlier. The whole, the this was 40, hour 45. <laughs> we subtract 15, add it to, to sacrifice. Yeah I, yeah, I don't, I mean, if uh, you're just, you're trying to get points for time, I watched a whole show. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that actually leads me to I'm watching uh, Haunting of Hill House. Well, are you going to try and, and claim that, a point for every episode and a half of that? Well, there each episode is, is about an hour. So, so you're going to try and grab one for every episode? Because <laughs> if so, then I get a point for every Walking Dead. Oh, but there's like 20 episodes on one season of that show, I think. Well, that's not my problem. You're the one. And there's way, more, there's way more horror in each episode of Hill House than I'm sure there <laughs> It doesn't matter. IMDb says horror. It's all math, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all math that works in your favor. And for some reason, the same rules don't apply to me. Uh, coming soon. Let's. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> oh, Dracula AD. Uh, what have you done to our daughters? Which is a Jalo. Uh, the unnameable, which is a creature feature. Uh, some other Jalo stuff and more schlock that I added to my Amazon list and. And yeah, we'll we'll discuss the whole Hill House thing at another date. As far as how do we tally that up? I'll accept uh, one what, point for the whole season. If you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah, we actually we we did discuss that. Then. Yes, it's done. Discussion over. We discussed that. <laughs> uh, for me, I have been saving some of the best for last, or the best uh, reviewed stuff for last. I still have five movies from you to finish watching. Um, I started watching a movie called Robo Vampire, because why the hell not? It's got Kung Fu and Robocop. Um, is Autopsy a Jane Doe a horror movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Very okay. much. Uh, that, Black Coat's Daughter, those will be coming up very soon. And yeah, that's it for now. Uh, we probably will have two more weeks of the Horrorthon, and the last week will be with TJ. And that will be a full... Review of the whole horathon this year. Okay, anything else we want to add for this episode? That should do it. All right, I will see you next time, sir. All right, see ya. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.